Hello, Sold viewers. Big Ronnie here with another Sold Stay-at-Home Series interview. Today is Sunday, May 17, 2020. We are locked down and talking with some of your favorite artists to show you how the, they are doing behind the scenes, you know, in their studios, in their homes, uh, driving their spouses crazy, being driven by crazy, uh, all, all that stuff. We want to know about it. We want to talk to them. And here we are. Uh, in addition to knowing and talking with them, we also want to support artists during this time because when we come out of this, we're going to need it. So please go to your favorite artists' shops and stores, support them online, go for a commission if you can. Uh, really just uh, you know spend a little bit of your money supporting the hobby and the scene and everything like that. The artists will appreciate it. We're happy to hear that so many are doing well and working and making money during this time. But, you know, not everybody is, and we'd like to keep it moving. So with that, let's talk to our guest today, Mr. Justin Suarez. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are let's, you? First, let's first start with where you are. I am currently in Rochester, New York, at home, as I have been quite a bit lately. Now, you, your art, as our viewers know, uh, is... Uh, nature inspired animals flowers as we can see behind you there um you know why don't you tell us a little bit about where that came from yeah so um well i i have gravitated towards painting animals and flora and fauna for most of my life but it took me a while to kind of figure out where that came from but growing up on a family farm in upstate new york outside of albany uh I, I did move away from the farm pretty early when I was 16. Uh, so even though that like farm life wasn't for me, the, uh, the influences of being around wildlife and nature definitely like impacted me quite a bit and turned into the work that I do. Now, stepping off the animals for a second, and I didn't actually mean stepping off animals, I put that weird, sorry. Uh, um, you you ha you started in art with uh, with, with a graph focus, two thousand one ish, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started writing my name all over things that didn't belong to me, and yeah, chose quite a name for that as well. <laughs> what was, what was the first tag? Uh, it was pervert, and that stuck around for close to twenty years. Yep. But uh, earlier this year, I decided to sort of let that name go. Um, yeah, we could talk more about that if you want. But Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I remember seeing your work on the street and, and you know, saying that it was a, an evocative name, but it really didn't go with the work. Yeah. I mean, when I chose the name, it was a very different part of my life. And I was 17 and it seemed like it was something that would get attention and I like the idea that it would piss people off. Um, and then as, you know, I want to say within the first year that I was doing graffiti, I became aware of like stencil art and street art that was being done by uh, Stain and Scout, two artists that were living in Hudson, New York at the time. And were doing a lot of like stencil art in Albany in bad neighborhoods that involved basically painting on pieces of plywood and then going and installing those up onto buildings, um, like abandoned buildings or abandoned houses, boarded up windows. And instead of people like hating the fact that there was tags and graffiti, 
they were like, we love this. And so at that point I started to realize that instead of like having my work at the time, like die and not survive, if I made something that like even involved imagery, then people like grasped onto it in a different way. And it was also like not seen as graffiti, which furthered like the lessening of risks as well as just like having the work survive, which was important to me. Your, your work along with, uh, the, I'm sure you're familiar with the artist Roa. Yeah. I think, I think your and his, and a little bit of Sunny Sundancer also, but your animals are just, you may as well just take a picture of nature. Uh, you know, it's, it, they're so, so lifelike. They're so realistic. Is that really what you're shooting for? Are we going for an exact representation of the species because of your animal knowledge? Um, I think it kind of goes back and forth. And I've had this discussion with a very close artist friend of mine many times, actually, because like you've probably seen my work transition quite a bit over the past few years from like a very stencil-ish style to now pushing towards realism. And I like this idea of like, what is realism and what is photorealism and sort of like bottom line, like what is just painting? And so I think that sometimes my work like reaches towards photorealism. And I definitely would think of myself as a, a realist painter, but I also think that like, Part of my process oftentimes results in like slightly anthropomorphizing the, the, the animals that I'm painting. And I see that more than anything with the owls that I do because they have like very expressive faces and those like, those expressions are very easy to like push a little bit towards like making something that just looks like it's got its eyes open to looking like it has an expression that people can recognize in it, which is like appealing to the viewer because they connect with it more, but that definitely like pushes away from any sort of like actual realism. It's an interesting topic. Are you tied to any one medium? Cause we've already talked about several between stencils and graffiti and paint and what are you, or are you, do you feel like that's your space or are we looking for something else? Are we playing with something new? Um, well, the, the piece that is behind me is a mural in my dining room that I've been working on. Uh, it is all brush paint and I have over the past like year and a half or so, I've started doing a lot of brush painting. Um, I think that, you know, when I'm outside and when I'm painting on a wall that's big enough to justify it, spray paint is always what I want to be using. Um, and stencils for the longest time were like, I, I was so tied to stencils. But the limitations of stencils and the detail that you could achieve within those, as well as the amount of time that you put into like producing the stencils themselves was not only what initially took me away from using stencils to paint like large scale murals, but eventually like has started to push me towards brush painting feel because there's just like such a level of detail that you can get with with brush paint on a smaller scale that once you I want to say like for me personally once you're 
outside of the realm of like four feet square, like spray paint just becomes very cumbersome. And I have started to fuck with a lot of stencil caps and the tiny pink stencil cap feels like an airbrush in your hand, which is amazing. And I would love to start exploring that more. But uh, I'm also really enjoying like learning about brush painting, which was something that I kind of like pushed myself away from when I started to get more centered around spray paint. Like graffiti and everything is all about like only cans, no tape, no cardboard. But there's like, there's so many tools and to be able to like, to use those tools and maximize what your end result is going to be is incredible. Uh, but that said, like trying to brush paint something, I've put probably 30 hours into what's behind me at, I'd say like six feet tall, four feet wide. I could, I could spray paint a mural three times that size in a day. I mean, four or five times that size, maybe like spray paint is such an, uh, it's such an immediate medium. It comes out fast. It's opaque. It lays down quick. It dries fast working with brushes and also oftentimes for me not the best quality products. I use a lot of house paint. Um, sometimes you have to layer the paint three times before it, it like becomes opaque over the surface. And then when you're trying to blend like what you could take and just like side can a little blend with, with the spray cap, you have to like make sure that all your paint is wet and acrylic paint can be a, a hard medium to fight with in that way. I saw on your website that you described yourself uh, uh, Raptor-like. Is that, is that, is that pure um, predator or is that just, you know, I'm up here, I see you. Where does that come from, calling yourself a Raptor? I mean, I think it's like Raptors have been a huge part of my life for a number of years between the work that I do at Wild Wings, the Bird of Prey Sanctuary, as well as before that, like painting itself. Um, and I, I think more than anything, like I approach my work with like a lot of thought behind it. I'm very strategic in like the steps that I make and the method that I work in. Um, so I really think things through in terms of like, I'm gonna put down this color and then I'm gonna follow up with that. I'm gonna get this area filled in then I'm gonna start to push and pull. So I guess it's more about like the precision of the attack versus being like predatory or definitely not thinking of myself as like soaring above others. Now, as someone who, who's comfortable out there painting big walls and you've gone pretty big, you know, how are you dealing with the lockdown now? Uh, obviously, I'm sure you have some, some things that are keeping you busy, but you know, you don't have the opportunity to paint like you used to right now. Yeah, so um, one of the, the things about Rochester that I love most and what initially brought me to this city is that not only are there a lot of other artists who practice in spray paint, but our city has a few different spots that I like to refer to as highly tolerated. So we have some places that we can go and paint that like police and everybody in the city know that this is where we go and paint. 
and they let us go and do that. And as a result, Rochester is relatively clean when it comes to graffiti. But um, yeah, so I've been going pretty often to a local spot here that's called the Cobbs Hill Reservoir that we refer to as the water towers. And I've been meeting up with about four of my friends who we, we sort of have tried to make this agreement that during this time, uh, painting is going to be maybe the only thing that keeps us all happy and sane. And so we figured if this small group of us will regularly convene together and try and keep social distancing during that time, then we can sort of maintain our ability to have some sanity and be able to have a creative outlet. Uh, and so, yeah, we go to these water towers at Cobbs Hill at least once a week now. And uh, these are like big ground level water towers. So there's a background, there's like a local reservoir and then few hundred yards away in the woods, there's two enormous water towers that take a few minutes to walk around. That's how large they are. Uh, they were a back flush system for the reservoir in case it overflowed. But for longer than I've lived here, which has been like 14 years, there's always been people going and painting there. Uh, so it's a very it's like slightly secluded and not everybody in the city knows about it, but a lot of people do know of it as like an outdoor gallery. So they go there to see the work change. A lot of little kids who find spray paint cans in their parents' garage go and write funny messages over the work that we do sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's in the middle of the woods. There's a lot of sun. It's quiet. It's beautiful and we're allowed to, sort of allowed to paint. So that's where I've been spending a lot of time when it's nice out. What do you hope is gonna come out of this good, bad for the art scene? I mean, I think my personal thoughts and hopes are that uh, people are gonna be so hungry, not only to be outside, but to be in different places and to soak up the culture that we've been missing outside of television. Um, so I think that there's gonna be a huge resurgence in restaurants and places that are gonna be so packed because everybody wants to be out. And there's like restaurants that are, have halted mid construction. And this is like a long picture down the road because I don't think that we by any means are ready to be there yet. But people are gonna want the, the food and the culture and supporting art is a part of that. I mean, for myself, like doing work in restaurants and public event spaces and stuff like that has become a big part of what makes my yearly earnings. And we all want that stuff again. We really wanna be, <clears throat> we wanna be outside with friends. We wanna be at the concert venues. We wanna be doing these things. Um, and if anything, I think that artists who do what I do maybe can get back to it a little sooner because we are singular people that can be out there working alone. So I'm hoping that 
I get to see some bigger walls in my future soon. You mentioned your income. How are you handling all of this financially? Are you still seeing sales? Are you in touch with uh, uh, clients for commissions? Are you doing anything professionally? Yeah, I've done um, <clears throat> I've done a small a couple small indoor commission jobs recently, uh, which are for spaces that are mid construction. So they were able to give me the entire space to myself. I have not been trying to offer commissions, put out t-shirts, et cetera. I've seen a lot of other artists do it and I think that that's great. But for myself personally, it doesn't seem like the right time to be asking people to help support me monetarily when so many people are out of work and furloughed. Um, but also one of the things that I do outside of painting murals is from roughly December until typically the middle of May or the beginning of June, I work for the city of Rochester and I run a youth mural arts program called Rock Paint Division. Um, so we typically, I like this season, I had 14 kids. I work with two other adult artists. Brittany Williams and Sarah Rutherford who run the program with me. And then we have 14 youth who go to local city schools and are all hired as city employees. They get interviewed, drug tested, and then they get paid for the work that we do. And typically we would be painting murals inside of local rec centers and libraries. Uh, and all of that is great for us because as mural artists, we can paint inside and get paid during a time when we would not have income regularly coming in that much. Uh, so our shift very quickly focused when lockdown initiated. We proposed a plan to our supervisors to have our team do remote working, which has actually gone great. So far, we put out a coloring book, which had illustrations from all 14 of our youth workers, as well as the three of us who run the program. Uh, the city printed 3,000 copies, which were distributed with free meals that are, are being given out at local rec centers and schools. We're working on a second coloring book. We are about to print a quarantine cookbook, which involves like all of our kids came up with recipes of stuff that they can make with stuff you find at home. My favorite of which involves like taking five different condiments and squirting them in your mouth. And then it says swish real good. <laughs> Called Mayo Mayhem. Let's, let's stay on food for a second. What, uh, what, what kind of food are you cooking at home? Has this made you a, a better cook or a worse cook? I'd, I do enjoy cooking actually. So I've gone to Costco twice since lockdown started. Um, I do have a freezer in the basement. So I filled that up with meat, vegetables. Uh, I've had a pretty varied diet. I, I'm definitely a carnivore, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm cooking on the daily and not, not stressing about that, but there's a few restaurants in town here that I would really die to go eat at any time and just have like food served to me. That's what cuisine are you missing the most? 
Uh, I mean, honestly, like just easy stuff like burgers. I haven't made any burgers and there's this one restaurant called Good Luck that has a burger that's enormous and you usually split it with somebody else. It's, it's a very different type of burger and yeah, that's something that I can't make at home. So it's something that I miss. Well, Justin, I, uh, I really appreciate your time today. It was a pretty quick 20 minutes. And before we wrap things up, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you said earlier about not wanting to, this not, possibly not being the right time for, to ask people to support you. We've got to remember that a lot of artists are out, of, and I'm not, I'm not trying to change your mind, but I think the point that I want to make is that a lot of artists are out of work now too. And, you know, if we were to snap our fingers and take all of the art out of our lives, the music, the film, uh, the design and things like that, the world would be a very, very dark and dreary place. So frankly, I think the tough times are where we need to support the art. And I would, I would definitely urge you to, to, to consider, you know, releasing something or putting something out now, not necessarily COVID related. I don't want, I'm not asking for a spray-painted owl on a mask or anything cheesy like that, but you know something in your in your realm that you know think that might be okay aesthetically to put out now. Yeah, I'm definitely with that, and I I think that there is going to be a time for it, um, but with the rush of like people saying that they needed that support for me personally. Um, I did well last year with my mural work and I was able to squirrel away some money. And when all of this stuff finally started to go down and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to remote work for the city. Um, but I did know that I could make it a few months. And so that made me feel like, like I should, I should do that and not ask for help, I guess, rather than while I'm in a position where I could like survive for a little while, the people who really need the support out there, like hopefully they are getting it. And like I said, I don't fault anyone for doing that, but it was a personal choice. And I mean, what I really want to be doing period is painting murals outside. So <clears throat> I'm still doing that, even if I'm not getting paid for it right now. So what would be, uh, let's brainstorm for a quick second. What would be some other ways to support artists during this time that weren't directly product related? I mean, as a mural artist, like I had so many clients when lockdown started, like typically for me, uh, that first warm week of the spring or those first few warm days are when the email starts to come in, the phone starts to ring and it's like people remember that they want art outside because they're going outside again. Um, so I had a, a good amount of inquiries and quoted a lot of jobs and was looking at like a, a great season coming up and all at once, when people couldn't go to work anymore, all these clients, some of which are like corporations or larger companies locally or in different cities, they all just said like, no, we're going to stop because we're not making money. So we don't want to spend money right now. Um, 
So being able to follow through and at least like sign that contract, place that deposit so that we can get to the design stage of things and be able to say that like now when, when things are opened, now we can do this job rather than try and just like start over from scratch again on projects that like large murals can take three to six months or more for these processes to come together. And yeah, being able to still continue with that to the point where we're like, okay, now we can do these projects. But for me personally, like most of these things have just come to a standstill. So being able to see that follow through, we all know that this won't last forever. Um, so yeah, I, I know some businesses won't survive, but those businesses that know that they will, like, yeah, should keep, keep following through. So save money and keep the sales process going. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really good advice because everybody is sitting in their house saying, what am I going to do? What's my next step? Because the, my last step may not be my available anymore. So I think this is a really good time to think about who you've worked with, who you would like to work with again, even on the customer front or the collaborative front, festivals, murals, you know, any artist listening, now's the time to really make a list of the people to reach out to and start planning for when the world returns back to normal because it will. Yeah, and when you see me start to put out t-shirts and prints and stuff like that, that is when you will know that I do need that support desperately. Well, there you have it from Justin Suarez. Justin, we appreciate your time today. It was really nice catching up with you. I haven't met you face-to-face. -face, and uh, while this isn't uh, a 100% acceptable substitute for that, it was very nice to chat with you today. And I, I hope to uh, be able to give you a handshake someday and say hello. Absolutely. I can't wait to get back down to Brooklyn and do some painting again this year. Hopefully it happens this year. But thank you for having me. Very welcome. And before we go, I just want to remind our viewers to support Sold Magazine as well. We are uh, volunteers here and putting it all together and uh, would love your support. Please take a look at our Patreon site, patreon.com backslash Sold Magazine. Justin, before we let you go, give everybody your Instagram handle and website. My Instagram handle is Aerosol Kingdom. And my website is aerosolkingdom.com. Thanks, man. We are sold out with Justin Suarez. Have a great day, man.